0: Hello, everybody. I'm back um, again to do another episode on religion for my uh, religion of ancient cultures class. Uh, Today, I will be comparing and contrasting the religious space, such as temples, churches, mosques, in the ancient versus the modern world. For ancient, um, for my class, we look at Mesopotamia, Egypt, Greece, and Rome. While for modern, I decided to take a look a little bit on Christianity, churches, Islam, mosques, and uh, I did a lot more on Hinduism, particularly because I am a Hindu. Um, So just to start off, just to look at ancient religious spaces a little. Uh, And something that was very unique about ancient religious spaces was cult attention, the relationship of endowment in return for cult attention for deceased functioned in two ways. It linked local temples and the local community, and it linked royal temples and the state. This usually functioned through, the, through uh, economic functions, through people working on farms, such as in Mesopotamia, and uh, really um, getting rations from the temple and also generating uh, resources for the temple to redistribute. Uh, they were also unique ancient, soci- ancient religious space was also unique in that it venerated living kings by mirroring them with past heroes or gods representing rulers or kingship, such as in ancient Egypt with, uh, uh Egyptian kings and, uh, Horus and o- Horus who was seen as a living king and Osiris who's seen as the resurrected king. Uh, in contrast today, we do much less for our dead today. Uh, we do much less in honoring our dead, either through burying them or cremating them, such as in Hinduism, where we also pour their ashes in the Ganges. And also, uh, I wanted to draw a similarity in looking at Mesopotamian culture in what is known as the outer sanctuary in Mesopotamia, which is a part of a temple, and draw similarities to how it's similar to Hinduism. It is the main space for communicating with a god deity, Offerings and votive gifts for daily rituals are there, and um, gifts are given as bribes to the God for assistance. Uh, for all my Hindu relatives and me, always when we go to temple, you know, we give, we give offerings uh, to the priest for the God, and these offerings are usually redistributed among uh, other people in the temple. Uh, So for modern religious space, so some fundamentals about modern religious spaces such as Christianity, Islam and Hinduism. Uh, Basically in religion we say that God is everywhere but we focus our attention through a sacred space. This is why we have sacred spaces. And God, in in all these traditions, God is invited through prayer, song, or other types of rituals. He's kind of invoked into coming into the space so that we may receive his blessing. And uh, tombs, tombs, I always say tombs, tombs, which are universal around the world, have retained a sacred practice of... of, attention from uh, religious adherents of silence when in their presence. And this is true from ancient to modern day. So first looking at Christianity, uh, Christianity, uh, there is an open space of prayer to the public with areas for restricted access to priests. This is true in functioning in uh, Islam and Hinduism as well. Uh but the difference a difference drawn between egypt for example which has two different types of temples divine temples and mortuary temples is that these temples in egypt were not places of worship like the places of worship there are for us today churches mosques temples uh in the in so for two phases of history in egypt in the old kingdom and the middle kingdom Temples were attached to pyramids and served as places to give offerings to the king. There's a big emphasis on the king again. Uh, in the New Kingdom, however, uh, these state temples were for the god Amun, uh, who is the sun god, and these uh, play- tombs for the kings were in the Valley of the Kings. Thus, kings played big roles in the funding and administration of temples for gods and himself. Gods and the king himself would, you know, fund his own his own burial which would be in, in, uh, in Egypt, Mesopotamia, Rome, and Greece. Uh, temple is an architectural layout for Egyptian creation myth, while if we were to look at architecture for churches, for example, they come from being very mundane to very large Gothic cathedrals such as those seen in France. So also, strict boundaries create a sense of community for true adherence for churches. In some churches, areas for singing and performers and musicians, such as we see in a lot of African-American churches. There's performance of music, which cements the relationship between religious adherence adherence with the the Son, God, and Holy Spirit. Um, Similar emphasis in Egypt on the word as magic spells and recitation. Uh, sacred spaces with or without divine imagery in churches, it depends. There is imagery of Jesus, God, or the angels. So, imagery serves to provide a sense of awe, inspiration, and hierarchy with humans below, uh, the, and the angels, Jesus as the Son of God who reveals his message, and of course, God. Um, so, the only similarity of this would be to see Akhenaten in Egypt, who was also seen as the son of God in in his revolution. So sermons justify relationship of priests as teachers to adherents and provide life advice. So there are some similarities uh, seen with um, modern day charity and redistribution. As seen in Mesopotamia, uh, laborers would work on temple plots to derive subsistence for their families, especially massive grain supplies, and those impoverished impoverished such as you know crippled uh homeless people needing support got rations from these temples so this is similar to charity how charity is used in churches temples and mosques and synagogues every and all those sacred places of worship in order to help those in need so in mesopotamia ancient ration lists are evidence of previously of this previous redistributive system with the emergence of temples which listed, uh, for example, allocation of livestock for cultic purposes involving particular temples, deities, and festivals. So now looking at Islam. In Islam, there is no imagery in, in, in mosques. Uh, uh, whereas in Mesopotamia, for example, structural elements of the temple were deified, such as doors and walls. Imagery in other modern-day relig- religions is on structures, but not necessarily de- deified. But in Islam, this is not the case. There is no imagery. There is just there's just sometimes writing. So emphasis on prayer in the direction of the holiest site in Islam, Mecca and Medina. Uh, emphasis in modern-day religions uh, is that any place can truly be considered a sacred place, such as even a person's bedroom. In Islam, for example, a person can pray to Mecca and Medina from his bedroom uh, nearly using his uh, a clean rug and uh, pointing in the direction of Mecca and Medina. So a sense of community, such as in Christianity, is made through group prayers and mosque and pilgrimage through, uh, to Hajj. Uh, and similar to pilgrimage to Mecca and Medina, Pan-Hellenic temples similarly <laughs> similarly attracted audiences from all over the Greek world, like Mecca. And significant Christian sites like the Vatican or the Ganges in Hinduism also attracted followers. Uh, So there are some requirements for a sacred space in Islam. Uh, There is purity. Muslim prayer spaces must be completely clean. Uh, This is why Muslims decide to use rugs that are kept clean for the ritual prayer. Uh, This is similar for um, before entering ancient Greek temples. One had to not only be ritually but also morally pure which is a very strange. I don't know how they would determine someone is morally pure. Um, but also looking, uh, they're very elaborate, as ancient temples were. In Greece, special rooms for oracles and sleeping, and sometimes even static treasuries in the temple, uh, just as there were economic functions for also Mesopotamian temples. So the Islamic sacred space must always face Me- Mecca. The house of God is located in Mecca. Uh, Sacred features of sacred space include Islamic art, uh, fountains of water to symbolize purity and a place for Muslims to clean themselves before prayer, uh, and several other unique uh, architectural features. And this includes also the minibar, which is a pulpit from which imams, prayer leaders, give sermons and lead prayers. And sermons seem to be modern, uh, a modern phenomena, probably more popularized by Buddhism and Christianity and leading into Islam, whereas sermons weren't normally seen in the religious traditions uh, that we're looking at, such as Egypt, Mesopotamia, Greece, and Rome. So focal points of towns in the past, these sacred, sacred spaces or temples were landmarks or focal points for towns. In Christianity and Islam, places of worship of worship were also focal points. Uh, in Mesopotamia, the center of the cosmos often high up, where its temples were often seen as the centers of co- the cosmos and high up. Similar in Hinduism and Greek temples. Uh, in Hinduism, as, as my relatives might know, temples are in high places. Uh, this obviously Greek temples influenced Roman ones as well. And the highness equals closeness to God, protection, and a better sight line. Also unique to Greek temples is the deity's proximity to affiliated use. So what I mean by that is that uh, Athena would be near the Acropolis, Zeus would be near the marketplace, and the Hermes would also be near the marketplace. This function. So what they function for, they are, they're placed near those places in order to make sure those places function better in their particular uh, types of um, types of economy or function if, if it's a city or if it's an economic function uh, location for gods both city and periphery temples depends on god's attributes and how effectively they can be worshipped uh, sacred spaces um, so Egyptian temples have many more images and are more restricted and are massive while in Islam there are no images just to repeat again so now looking at Hinduism, I was a little more detailed on this, mainly because I had a better understanding of this, being a religious follower of Hinduism. The Hindu place of worship is called a temple or mandir. Temples are normally dedicated to a Hindu deity. The temple is presumed to be the Hindu's god's gods' home on earth. The most sacred and holy part of the Hindu sacred space is the garbhagriha, Griha, where a statue of the temple dedicated deity is placed under the towering roof, called the Shakara. Smaller shrines are also placed around... The corners of the temple. The entrance to a Hindu temple is called an ardham ardhamandapa uh, and is often decorated with figures of Hindu deities. Hinduism is the closest to the ancient religions we cover in our course, basically because it also is an ancient religion, but it's still widely practiced, especially in India today, making it very modern and it's it's changed over time as a modern religion. So like Mesopotamia, Egyptians, Greeks, and Romans, offerings are made to the gods to invoke the deity's presence. Uh, You take care of the god daily as if it were a human, clothing and feeding the statue, similar to Egypt and Mesopotamia. This is similar to that happens in Indian temples, Hindu temples. Statues in Hinduism were aniconic, while that of Christ is more anthropomorphic, being indicative of kind of The being kind of more realistic, and it emotes awe and inspiration, but also uh, pity for uh, sin in the world, a concept in Christianity. So to be emphasized through concealment and containment, older and iconic statues stress the gap between human and divine sphere, whereas iconic sculptures communicate the otherworldliness of the divine by showcasing its splendor uh like the Greeks and Romans there is a space for worship and a sacred space just for the priest uh so another interesting fact is that um however though hinduism differs from mesopotamian and egyptian in not being totally restricted to the public people have access to the prayer rooms not all of them but it's not as restrictive uh as it is for mesopotamian egypt uh and it, for hinduism there still serves to solidify hierarchy in a similar way to Mesopotamia and Egypt, um, uh, in our temple, for example, this is seen as in the recitation of the guru. Uh, we recite the guru we descend from, such as mine being Bardwaj, and this constitutes our caste system lineage. So even if we don't necessarily acknowledge the caste system, it is a part of the ritual order for the deity Vishnu to hear our prayers for us to acknowledge our caste and for, for not only Vishnu, but also our, the sage from who our lineage is derived from for us to hear our prayers. So this is similar in Egypt. Uh, it reinforces the psychological control of the elite, in a sense, especially in India and rural places. Um, so the, all, in Egypt, also, the hierarchy is uh, justified, by which flows from Horus to the king, to government officials, to commoners. And the temple is a visible representation of the hierarchy. This works to a lesser extent in Hinduism. So uh, for Mesopotamia also, uh, ancient rationalists are evidence of the previously mentioned redistributive system with the emergence of temples, uh, which is seen through the allocation of goods. And these goods come from Offerings in all religions, food is made collectively and distributed to the devotees in Hinduism. This is directly as an offering in Christianity or Islam. This may be food made for the made for the public or for charity or just for the people in the religious space um, and this was very similar uh, to Hinduism as well. So in Mesopotamia, the main purpose of a temple was to house and feed the god like in Hinduism. Though, although we have to acknowledge that Hinduism is ancient, is ancient, its practices have changed somewhat in the modern day, as I've said before, um, but it's very similar to the ancient polytheistic traditions we look in our class, we look through in our class. So charity and offering is given, which are dedicated to philanthropy, building projects, and other community work. This is universal. Uh, from the ancient past to the present, although it's not so much focused on a king doing all these duties. It's more focused on the public and particular public offices to be held. So offerings include food, drink, garments, sacrifices, and sometimes sacred processions for earning divine favor. Uh, this, This process was seen as mediation between the vastness of the universe and the necessities of everyday life. So similar in India to Egypt, many, there were many gods that had no temple. Uh, and also the holding of offices in later Mesopotamian societal temples mirrored that of modern day uh, holding service positions in temples, mosques, and churches. So people would hold positions of service such as they may be the president of the church organization in doing a particular set of functions for the community and for charity. So Hindus, like the Romans, appropriated some elements of other religions, like deities, such as the Buddha. Uh, but this is true for other traditions as well. For the Romans, this was the Greek god, like Apollo, who, is, who was seen in the famous Augustine period, sanctuary of Apollo Palatinus, Tenensis. Uh For Islam, this, the, this was the prophets Jesus and Moses. And for Christianity, this included elements of the Old Testament, such as Moses, too. So based upon text from the secular games, the Apollo Temple became a site for cult and sacrifice, putting it on the same level as the temples of Juno and uh, Jupiter, tip, which were typical Roman deities. Uh, that's just to show you that there was an appropriation by the Romans of a Greek god, Apollo. So just as the pharaoh justifies rulership over lower and upper Egypt and war victories through imagery, Uh, So did the Romans use political way uh, serve to uh, the Romans um, use politics to uh, use melded politics and religion together to justify political leadership. So the Romans made the Apollo Sanctuary a dedication to the successful naval victory preceding the Civil War with Mark Antony. So attached to the uh, so in a cultural way attached to the Apollo Sanctuary were public libraries uh, where meetings of Senate and poetry would take place, indicating literary prominence of the temple during Augustan times. So, sacred spaces as centers for learning and congregation is much more of a modern phenomena. Uh, we see this in modern ways in which there group groups and group meetings are held, such as Bible studies in churches. Uh, but now, just in summary, uh, some things that are similar and different. Moreover, due to the separation of church and state, kingship is no longer justified through sacred writing, recitation, or imagery in modern-day sacred spaces. Uh, Also, the dead are not honored to the same degree in the modern day, and people's places of worship are closer to them. They're in their local community rather than being very far apart. So even though places of worship are closer this is not to say that there weren't numerous temples in ancient day but the, for, for the most part among the mesopotamian and egyptians there very they had very restricted access even for the lower level priests uh, while for the greeks and romans the polytheistic worldview was closer to the to close, was very much closer to hinduism especially in terms of offering and the polytheism But nonetheless, the, these traditions uh, have influenced the worldview of Christianity and Islam as well.